You're listening to the all-new Hair Radio Morning Show. I'm Carrie Hines. Now, we have a very, very special guest with us today. He's from the world of music. You know him well. The Hair Radio Morning Show would like to welcome the one and only Mr. Tony Terry. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? How's it going? I'm doing great. It is awesome to have you on the show. We finally got you here. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Well, listen, uh, this music, your music, has touched so many folks. Um, I'm raising my hand right now, folks out there. Uh, It has. It really has. It resonates with everybody. You've been, you know, you really put the time in, and you've had a remarkable career. So we're going to get into all of that. I'm going to find out what you're doing now. We want to know everything, Mr. Tony Terry. Okay. All right. The unsung version. There you go. And by the way, I, I've heard some of that, and I've watched a lot of this and done my little research and all that stuff, so we're ready. The okay, first great. thing that um, that really jumps out at me, of course, everybody knows, you know, just one of your biggest hits, of course, was that amazing song, With You. Mm-hmm. And uh, But before we get there, I want to talk about the first album. Okay. Because okay. you had some hits on there. I did. I did. Um, you know, it's really interesting, my journey to even putting out a, a first album, because I was, let me let me give you the succinct version, as tightly as I possibly can, of okay. what happened. Um, and uh, so I, was, I had been in New York for a couple of years, and I had auditioned for the off-Broadway show, Mom, I Want to Sing, a few times, and, and had gotten um, turned away. And the last mm. time that I went that I didn't want to go and didn't care if I was in the show at all at that point, of course, I made it. <laughs> wow. It, and it, you were probably show. in the version I saw, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw it one time. Yeah. With, uh, I was in with uh, Deatra Hicks was, was playing. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes. I was probably there. And, wow. Um, and so I did that for a few years, and I, I, was, I was about to just kind of, you know, just go home, actually, <laughs> back to D.C., mm-hmm. And I had decided that enough, you know, it wasn't really going the way that I wanted it to, and I was going to go back to D.C. And so maybe a day or two before I was before I was supposed to leave, one of my buddies was like, we're going to see this band. And uh, he took me to uh, the Dance Interior, which I don't think is open in New York anymore. And there was this, the place was packed. And there was this band wow. playing, and they, they were good. And, you know, I'm young and, you know, uh, cocky probably <laughs> and <laughs> I I told him when he after the set and he came to ask me you know what I thought of of his band and I told him I thought they were great except they were missing something and that something was me <laughs> and, <laughs> and so he was like okay here's your time to shine so I started singing maybe a Luther Vandross song or something in this packed basement of this club and this gentleman turned around who I had never met before but it turns out he was Ted Courier and Ted's claim to fame was uh, Atomic Dog that he had mm-hmm. produced and, uh, you know, a whole, what, George Clinton stuff. And he was exactly. one of the first, one of the first DJs, if not the first DJs to do live dance mixes on, in New York at 92KTU. Of course, uh, KTU. Yeah, back in, back in the day. And, oh, yeah. um, but I didn't know all of that at this time. And so he gave me his card and asked me to give him a call. And I held on to his card. I didn't go back to D.C. I held on to his card maybe a week or so. And I called him late at night. Uh, I just, you know, figured that he was a musician like me and he was probably going to be working. And so I called him and he was excited to hear from me, like what took so long wow. for me to call him. And uh, he invited me to come over to 
to a session he was working on. And I was in the East Orange at the time. So I had, to catch, the, I had to catch I had to catch the I had to catch the bus to the path, the path to the subway, subway to forty second street and then walk up See, to the and I understand that and most of the right. folks in New York, New Jersey area, we know what you mean. And especially right, if you're right. in Jersey. Right, right, right. It was, bit, it was a bit of a journey. Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I finally get there and I walk into the studio and Ted has Parliament Funkadelic in there working. Wow. And I'm I am starstruck, mesmerized. You know, I hadn't seen anything like that before. I was a huge fan, I still am, of their work. A huge fan of their work. And um, But let me say this. I understood what funk music really came from. <laughs> and I'm just going to mm. leave it there. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> All right. I, um, I kind of so, got that. <laughs> okay. Um, and so my, I met my I met one of my boys there who actually uh, his name was Daryl Moe. Daryl Moe was was a young musician at the time who was in the very first show that brought me from D.C. to to the area uh, to New Brunswick actually Crossroads Theater uh, where we were doing Black Nativity. And oh. after about after about four weeks in of rehearsal, this young man in the band came up to me and said, "I don't know about these other cats, but you are a star." And I never thought about that before. I never even considered, uh. you know, I was I was a part of this crew that had came up to New Jersey from D.C., you know, in pursuit of our careers, in pursuit of our dreams. And but to say that to think that I was a star, I mean, I was in the ensemble, uh, you know, for so to to be picked out by anybody probably at that age and recognize that, you know, something as big as being considered a star would be like, wow. That's so, huge. yeah, and something I had not even considered, even though I had been pursuing this thing of being an entertainer for a long time. Didn't never really think be a star. Just wanted to work. Wow. wow. Um, and so after the show was over, I started working with him, and we wrote my very first demo. It was called Don't Hold Back. And mm. for he and I, and uh, and he shopped it to Ted Curry. I played it for Ted Curry. Ted thought it was a, a great record, and then that, that started it. So I came down to the studio, and he had Parliament in there, and he said, Daryl said, Ted, if you put Tony, if you put my boy in the booth, you'll file all them jokers. You know, it's just like mm. typical New Yorkian kind of energy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so Ted was like, really? Well, let's see. And I'm thinking, really? Seriously, Daryl? And uh, so he puts me in the booth, sure enough, and, and, you were uh, ready. I started, wow. and I was ready, and he did fire the parliament, and I did end up doing that wow. project uh, for the Boogie Boys on Capitol Records called Survival of the Freshest, and it was actually the first R&B album, I mean, the first rap record that incorporated R&B hooks. It started that, wow. whole, that whole thing. And That's amazing. Well, why? Yeah, I mean, I, at the time I didn't realize it was so amazing. I didn't. Wow. Um, and so while I was recording, Ted's wife says, "Tony, she she spoke a lot like Michelle. Tony, Tony. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> real little mouthy voice. Come yeah, on, no more lies. Yeah, right. oh yeah, we know her come, well. You know, really small voice, and come, she asked right. me to come in and sing for this group of people that were in um, one of the rooms and. I didn't think to be nervous. I was already in their recording. I didn't know who they were, so I didn't have a problem walking into the room and singing, you know, a song for them. And so I did, and 
it turns out that those people were management at Capitol Records, and they they offered me a deal right away. Seven wow. albums. Holy cow! So That's I unheard of. Now they. I know. It I kind of was unheard of then. I mean, seven. It was unheard of then. And, Absolutely. Uh, which, again, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't know that I was auditioning. So I wasn't nervous. I wasn't, mm. you know, I wasn't anxious. I was, I was warmed up. I was, re- I was ready for this. And uh, that's what happened. And so the gentleman who would be responsible for me uh, in terms of A&R, was fired soon after I was signed. And their intention was for me to delve into Nat King Cole's catalog and record and, you know, restructure or find some of these classics. And I was 19, 20, so I didn't Because he was the the main capital big-time artist. But I was ignorant to He he built Capitol Records. Right, exactly. And I was ignorant to that fact at that time. And uh, I was just not interested in recording that King's Coast catalog. Now, in retrospect, I think that probably would have been a good idea to consider. I don't know what it would have been, but, you know, at least to give it a shot. But I wasn't really – I didn't think that I had enough – you know, I was like, Matt King Cole, come on, I was 19. So you can imagine, I just just was not in the Matt King Cole frame of mind. Well, listen, and, it took Natalie a while herself to record Nacky Gold, the tackle right. Nacky Gold's music, so I can understand right. that. But now, you know, I can hear it. Mona Lisa, oh, yeah. Mona Lisa, men have named you. I can, I can hear it. Wow. But then I couldn't. Um, and so the guy was fired, and he was rehired at Epic. Um, His name was Don, Don Grierson, and he convinced Epic to buy my contract from Capitol before wow. I ever even sang a, before I sang a note. That is Which, amazing. It's like, wow, so all this money, all these, you know, is it really that much money? Is, is, did they really pay that much money to, to buy me from them wow. in terms of my contract? Because when you say right. buy me, it kind of sounds a little weird. But no, no, we contract, get it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Buy my contract, and yeah, so... When when I was moved over to Epic, I was there with Michael Jackson, Luther Vandross, of Tina Marie. Wasn't that wasn't that Sony or didn't it become Sony? Sony or yeah, yeah, it was Sony. Epic, Sony Sony Epic, and they also had Columbia at the time. They had Mariah Carey on the other side on the Columbia. Oh side my God! A, so it was like Amazing. this guy. They have signed me, and then once they had me over there, they didn't know what to do. Like, well, okay, mm. we got them now. What now? What? And it turns out that my the head of the uh, and our department at Epic was Johnny Gill's godfather. Uh. And all he talked about was Johnny Gill all day, every day. And so okay. it was clear that I was not going to get his full attention. You were going to be right. And then we put out She's Fly, and it caught everybody by surprise. No one expected it. And there was like, okay, 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 we see something, but not wow. sure what yet. And then it was Lovey Dovey, and uh, well, she's fly was a huge, like you said, a huge, huge it, hit. It, I mean, that's it, it a was, top ten hit. It was, it was, and uh, but they still weren't convinced. The label wasn't convinced, and uh, somebody's calling me. I should have had my phone on. Do not disturb. I called them back. Uh, I just no. will ignore them. That's okay. Anyway, that's all anyway, right. Um, so 
it just went on, you know, so we had three singles off of the first album. She's Fly, Lovey Dovey, um, uh, actually four, and um, Forever Yours, which was the title cut. Yes. And then we had, um, I believe, Young Love was on that first album as well. And, and Lovey Dovey charted even higher than it did. She's Fly, so that's amazing. It did, yeah. it did. Okay, so now it's time for the second album. And, yes. uh, and the first But were you nervous, like, though? Because everybody always says about the sophomore thing, or what is it, the sophomore slump thing, and this and that. I, I, you know, when they say ignorance, <laughs> ignorance is bliss. I didn't yeah. know anything about all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did know it as it related to theater, because usually opening night is oh. so. You know, it's so. You know, the adrenaline. I never knew that it related to theater. That's amazing. Yeah, Usually the night after opening night is uh-huh. they call it they call it after opening night blues because uh-huh. the second night is usually not nearly as good as the opening. Night. Uh, wow! And then it picks Thank up. You Thank you, Thank <laughs> you. Oh, you really have, and I appreciate that. Yeah. I'll tell you why yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. Um, so okay, so um, it's time to choose the the okay the, the first single from the second album, which was self titled, was Head Over Heels. And mm-hmm. it was it was time to choose the second single, and I had chosen with you, and uh, the label didn't agree. They called me in for a meeting. I, I can't believe they didn't agree. But they uh, did not wow! Agree. I mean, they were they were pretty. Um, they were. Pre- well, I wouldn't say forceful, but you know, they they stood where they stood. They didn't think it was they a good idea, and wow. and I just wouldn't let it go. I was like, nope, nope. I think it should be with you. And they could, and, and in fact, I remember clearly hearing, uh, the president at the time, um, of the label say, Tone, only Stevie Wonder could get away with a song like this. Uh, 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 uh. I was like, yeah, okay, well, let's just see. And, wow. and, and so they put it out. But I think that in, in an effort to teach me a lesson, they put out with you, with, with, you know, back in the day, there was a whole setup. You know, there was a there was a rollout for a single mm-hmm. or an artist. You know, the whole setup thing, which did not happen for with you, and it was also like the promotion that goes along with it when the record didn't is happen. released. Didn't happen. Yeah, didn't happen. And uh, when mm-hmm. when they you know uh, your promotion, your marketing team that actually services radio, which happens on usually one day a week. And if you can imagine, back in the day, there were 40 or so major labels. So you have 40 reps from those labels going to, let's say, WBLS, and they probably have only five slots for new singles this week. But you got 40 people vying for those five slots. So my record was serviced to radio with no information on it. Just sent. It was a it was um, a blank label, Uh. which which to me would have made it stand out. Even more because you're getting a plain label, unmarked vinyl, 12-inch single from Epic Records. What could that be? And you don't put anything on it. It might have worked. I believe it did because then with you started to live. It starts out without, without any support from them. There was not going to be a video. There was the, none, none of that. And then one day I uh, walk, happened to walk into my manager's office, and the phone was ringing, and I maybe our receptionist had gone to the bathroom or something. I don't know. She wasn't there. And I answered the phone, and it was Anita Baker. She was looking for me. 
I didn't Super know Anita star, Baker. Anita Baker was calling herself. I, wow. I, herself. I, she was like, this is Anita Baker, and I'm looking for Tony Terry. And I'm thinking, get out. First of mm. all, just couldn't possibly be Anita Baker. And, and yeah, well, okay, had you guys worked her. together or anything? I, didn't, I did not know her. Wow. I had never met her before. I never even had a conversation with her before that moment. Wow. And I, I was a fan of hers, but, you know, of I didn't course. know her. Yeah. So she called, and and I honestly did not believe that I was speaking to Anita Baker. <laughs> but I went along with it, okay? Right. And But it would have made sense because she was calling my office, and actually our receptionist would have taken the call, and then it probably would have gone to my managers, and then maybe gotten It would have gone to a point. few folks, right? Yeah. 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 But I got the call. And Wow. And then uh, she was like, uh, Tony, this is Tony? I was like, yeah, this is Tony. And she said, I, I was awakened last night by one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard in my life. And I had done The Party Machine, which used to come on after the Arsenio Hall show. I was and, about to say, I think I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And she wow. said, what is going on? And I was like, well, first of all, I thank you for you know, calling. I still wasn't sure, convinced that I was talking to Anita Baker, but I, you know, I went in to tell her, went on to tell her that, mm-hmm. you know, I appreciated the phone call and, you know, thank you for, you know, enjoying the music and there was not, there was not going to be a video because the, the label didn't think it was a hit. And she was like, what? Those people wouldn't know a hit if it hit them in the forehead. <laughs> and she said, she made another comment. I don't know if I should repeat it, but I'm going to say it because she said uh, she said, uh, I'm on the label with Keith Washington, and Keith could not shine your shoes. <laughs> and, uh, uh, okay, we might, Keith, might, if you're out there listening, uh, Keith, we, we still was, love you. <laughs> Keith, he's one of my boys. No, he's, yeah. What Miss Wayne well, yeah, no, no, we, And I just thought, wow. A- absolutely. She said, so absolutely. she said, oh. You know, you know why? I don't understand. And so, listen, Tony, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you fifty thousand dollars, and I want you to shoot the video. I want you to. I need to see a video. And I was like, what? Wow. What? What do you? What? What am I supposed to like? How do I pay you back? What? What? How? How do we do this? She's like, don't even worry about it. Just blow up. Just be the star that you are. Just be the star that you are. And you know, and and then. This check came certified for $50,000, and she said she was going to call Blair Underwood because she wanted him to direct. Turns out With You was his directorial debut, and wow. he was in it, and uh, it was – it was. if you've seen the video, it's because uh, – seen it. We've worn it out. <laughs> because, you know, yeah. I, call her, I call her my guardian angel because – and you know what's really interesting? Because moving forward 20, 25 years, uh, the Monique show, which was – being recorded here in Atlanta at the oh, WB, huh. I think it was. And I had been on as a guest and performed, and and we had heard that Anita Baker was coming. And my mother-in-law is and was a huge fan. And, of course, so were we. So I contacted the show and told them I wanted to come back and, you know, be in the audience when she came, and they put us on the front row. And so she comes out and she sings her song, you know, and she's all into it. She's got her eyes closed and just at the end of the song, she sings, Sweet love, don't you ever go away. And she opens her mm-hmm. eyes, and we make eye contact, and she sees me, and I can see her recognize me. I saw that in her wow. face, in her expression. And wow. then it cut to commercial, and she, 
she has she calls Monique over and they clearly are having a conversation that I would think was about me because they were looking at me. <laughs> and, you know, and so it comes back from from the commercial break, and Monique says, you know, during the commercial break, Mr. Baker told me this story about, you know, giving this brother here, this young man, Tony Terry, and she introduced me, you know, $50,000 to shoot the video for with you. And, and then she asked Ms. Baker, why did you do that? And she said, um, I was being obedient to the spirit. I was compelled to do it. And I thought, wow. I'm speechless. That's amazing. I thought, wow, 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 wow. You know, to, 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 to first hear, to hear, to hear the spirit speak to you and then you move because you felt like you, didn't have a choice, you had to do it, or that you would be, you know, not, you know, disobeying, you know, whatever, whatever your, whatever, whatever right. it was. She That's felt right. compelled to do so. And I just, I was really moved by it. Um, she, she never wanted anything back. She just wanted to honor what she was led to do. She was, it was, it was on her spirit to do so, and she did it. And I just thought that that was really a powerful thing. And then, of course, that's amazing. That's when the, when huge. The, yeah, that's huge. And then when, huge. when when with you began to you know live and the video was out and you yeah. know started moving up the charts and then of course the label was like oh yeah we knew this was a brilliant artist and <laughs> from, the, from the very beginning you know and then I, wow. I'm, looking at, I'm looking at them like I know you didn't just say that, that. is funny <laughs> and it, it was then that I learned or quickly about the politics because at that point even though they had zero interest in the record i had to let them claim you know the responsibility oh, sure sure it's success because you know if i didn't if i had made a big stink about it then you know it's just it's politics and it's an ego driven exactly. business and you know okay all right y'all did it i'm so glad i'm tied with epic <laughs> two thumbs up well, you- that, that song, I, I'm just still blown away by the fact that they could not detect that. Well, how can you be an A and R or this or that and or whatever it was, the you know a, a music you know executive, and without you know just not having that little certain something? I mean, I don't understand that. It didn't fit. It didn't fit the song structure of the day of what they uh, had. Uh, it was different. And, wow. you know, the chorus didn't repeat the way choruses typically do on mm. R&B records. Right. And I wasn't necessarily, while I was singing my face off, or at least I thought I was, it wasn't in a, in a traditional R&B kind of way. Uh, it wasn't formulaic, which you, right. <laughs> you know, right. to them, right. you know, so I, okay, I, thought I that, got it. it. Wow. They thought it was, you know, just not a good move to do, and then it turned out to be like, my, it, it overshadowed everything. An amazing everything. song, it, it, which <laughs> has stood the test of time. Yeah, I mean, people. When I sing songs like, you know, "Lovey Dovey" or "With," I mean, or "She's Fly" or um, "Head Over Heels," people are like, "Oh, I forgot he sang that song." Exactly. <laughs> you know? But once you hear it, exactly. Right. You know, wow. "With You" came in and just took over. Just and then all of a sudden, I was a you know this balladeer. All well, of a sudden, I'm a cleaner. That song. I could play it like literally a good three times in a row. I mean, I just love it so much. 
And uh, just like all of our, you know, our listeners out there, this is something that's really huge. And, you know, I was watching, uh, I think you did a piece with someone, and it just hit me because these songs really, when people say, and I know, you know, we get a chance to have a lot of wonderful artists like yourself to come on the show, but when we say that our lives are really shaped by your music, we really need it. (laughs) You know, 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 that's really the truth. I, I, and it's not something that I take for granted. I have been asked to sing at home-going services. At wow. Church, to sing right. with you. And I'd be like, well, really? it's, a weird. it's a little bit weird. Wow. And, 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 and then they would say, this was, you know, this was the song that I sang to my child when, 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 my, when my child was a baby. And, you know, it was yeah. our favorite song. And so then I yes. felt, then, I, then it gave it a whole That's different w- kind of weight. And, uh, you know, I know that that, honestly, has nothing to do with me. I, I have to, I, I say to, to God be the glory because, exactly. you know, my, I, I'm, I, I recognize that to, to have the ability to affect people on an emotional right. level is That's spiritual. Right. And, That's right. and that does not come from me. It comes through me. And I'm just grateful that I uh, was gifted in such a way that I can affect people. And it's humbling. It's, it's and, not something that, that's, it's not, it's not something that swells me up with, with, with pride. It, it actually is humbling that, um, you know, that I have it and, and I'm grateful. And I always say to God be the glory. Well, Tony, I have to say, uh, just even in you telling the story, I was like, no, I'm thinking to myself, I, I would have been so upset, you know, just the fact that we might not have heard that record. <laughs> like, that is enough to just, how, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to get over that. But uh, that that really tells you a lot, you know, so... Folks, if you're just joining us, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the All New Hair Radio Morning Show. I'm Carrie Hines. Now, today we have a very special guest with us today. As you know, we always bring you the very latest with uh, some of the amazing artists that are out there. And, and today, absolutely, is no exception. Mr. Tony Terry is with us, and we are just so pleased. Good morning again, Tony, and again, welcome to the show. Again, thank you for having me, Carrie. I love yes. you. Yeah, you know, it's really refreshing to. when it's refreshing when interviewers um, kind of know how to interview because you know you have not asked one typical question yet, and I like that. Oh, you're very kind. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, I really do. I have to tell you, and just even kind of going back a little bit, one of the things that kind of got to me a little bit, um, I saw something where you had indicated that, like, when you kind of were starting out. And you are working, I used to, uh, work, in, like, I'm from, you know, Jersey and, and Philly and New York and Jersey and all that stuff. So I was aware of the summer youth employment folks. In fact, they still owe me a certificate award to this day. But, uh, <laughs> I remember them and I heard something and you had, you had, uh, worked for them as well, which kind of was your unofficial paying start in the, in the industry. Yeah. And I just love that story so much. Yeah, so please, please tell us a little bit more about that because that's how you got started. It is. Um, you know, I was one day watching television and this super exciting show came on called Fame about a high school. Of course. <laughs> and, you know, there were artists, they were, they were, they were dancers dancing in the hallway 
There were musicians practicing, uh, you know, on the lawn outside. There were actors working on scenes. There were visual artists painting on the walls inside the school. And there were singers, you know, having voice lessons. And I thought, wow, you can do that in school? And and I, you know, it took it took me a, it took a minute to process, and then I found out that there was a school like that in D.C., the Duke Ellington School wow. of the Arts. Amazing. And um, I I the first year I asked my mom could I audition because we didn't live in D.C. We lived in Maryland in Landover, Maryland, and it it would have meant a commute. And the first year I asked my mother, she said no. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> I mean, wow. unequivocally, no. <laughs> but, but but what? No, okay, because I said so. It was one of those, and uh, and so I didn't. And but the next year, I went and auditioned, and I was so green. I had never auditioned before for for anything, and I didn't know how to audition. And I had I thought that I would take a record with me. And I had an album of uh, um, Jeffrey Osborne. Oh. And I I was going to sing along with it. That was going to be my audition. That's how green I was. Wow. Nobody told, no one told me how to audition for anything. So I go into Duke Ellington and for my audition, and I say, okay, where's the record player? <laughs> oh, <man>. they're like, <laughs> uh, uh, they were like, that, uh, that's not how we do it. And, um, so I was like, well, how do you do it? <laughs> wow. And so uh, so they asked me if I had a song prepared, and of course I did. And I sang it, and I just happened to sing it a cappella, and, and they let me in. Well, I, was, I have uh, to say, I, that is amazing. They let me in, and I was uh, I was terribly excited, and then I told my mother I auditioned. Cause what I did she say? She, she, she actually after I auditioned, uh, I told her I said, "Mom, I'm going to do Gallatin this year," and she said, oh, "Okay." <laughs> like I probably said it with, you know, like I, I'm sure I said it with so much confidence because I was already in, right? And I knew that, uh, you know, like my parents had supported me my whole life, and they knew that it was, you know, that singing was a, was a passion for me. And, uh, and so she didn't resist. And I was surprised that she didn't resist. But it meant wow. that I was going to have to stay with my aunt in D.C., which she welcomed me with open arms with her three, three other children in the hood, in the, in the thick of the thick of the, in the, in the very seed of the scornful. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> wow. And she, and she didn't lose any one of us. Nobody ever went into the system. Nobody ever got in trouble. Nobody ever. So she 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 became this iconic person in in the hood because no one messed with her children because they respected her. I love that. Um, well, I've got to tell you. Oh, Joe, you go ahead, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I went in. I got to Duke Ellington, and and it was the best time. It was it was it was the time that I learned. You know, we had a we had a longer than t- uh, normal school day. And we would do academics during the day, and then we would focus on our our particular arts in the afternoon. And you know, it was then that I learned about you know eight hour rehearsals and, and longer, getting it until we get it right. We're going to do it until we get it right. And then the opportunity to um, to audition for 
and do the, the, the street theater, which Mike Malone, one of the founders of the Duke Ellington School of the Arts, also ran um, by way of the D.C. Youth Employment Program uh, under Marion Barry, who the city, if he was alive today, mayor, he, could probably, right? he could probably be mayor now <laughs> if, he was, uh, if be, he was alive. He, yeah, it didn't even circle back again after uh, some, some issues and things. He yeah. did. He did. Wow. And when, he, and when he passed away, it was, you know, they shut the city down just to honor him. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah. It was yeah, huge. I remember that. Huge. Yeah. Um, and so that was the start. And I mean, that, and then at the end of my, which I was able to do two years of before I cycled out in terms of my age. And Mike Malone, who was one of the founders of the Duke Ellington School, along with Peggy Cooper Kafrich, uh, who were also professors at Howard University, he came to me and he put his hand on my shoulder. I will never forget. And he said, you're ready. Wow. You're ready. And you can go. I, I, you go to New York with my blessing because you're ready. And I thought, wow, I got this, I got Mike Malone's stamp of approval. I mean, that means I'm really ready. And now I let me tell you something. Let me tell you, Tony Terry, it is not easy to get even into the high schools. I myself, real quick, I'm going to just jump right on in and tell you. But no, I applied to the high school. They had just opened the performing arts high school in Philadelphia. Right. My audition, I was so nervous that I screwed it up. So I never got in. So I just, when I hear stories and folks like you and, and you know, and Jasmine, um, Jasmine Sullivan went to the one in Philadelphia. And so it just stays with me so very much. So I love, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Because yeah, I really, but, but I love Like being green and not being ready and nervous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was the whole thing. staring at the, the Staring at the clock on the back of the Amazing. room, on the, at the wall, just trying to get through it, all of that. <laughs> yeah, and I keep hearing Debbie Allen. Uh, what was that? Uh, what was that line? Uh, right sweat here. Start, is, it yeah, here. it starts <laughs> here with that. sweat. It starts <laughs> here, and it that, does. And, that and line, I, really? Wow. And, yeah, and listen, and then I found out that fame, the TV show, while it was set in New York was actually uh -huh. based on what was going on at Duke Ellington. No, you're kidding me. I never knew no, that. No, I'm not. Debbie Allen was a teacher at wow. Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Really? Yeah. Hold it. Is that right? That's absolutely 100%. Yes. That, that says was. it all. Full circle. <laughs> That's amazing. I did see Leroy, the one that played Leroy. God rest his soul. He passed away. But I remember seeing him out in Los Angeles. I remember hanging out one day. I saw him out there. But uh, yeah, he, was he was still he was very a, talented all the way through. And a live wire, a live, yeah, live, yeah, live, yeah, live wire. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, what do you say, Tony Terry, to these folks? You know, to the youngsters who are coming up, and and have you had a chance to work with the you know the upcoming talent? Some, uh, you know, actually, that's really, really a good question because I have mixed feelings about encouraging people to enter mm -hmm. this business. Um, especially young females, um, yeah. because because it is an ego-driven business, and um, mostly men and women, uh, especially young girls, uh, are taken advantage of more so than not, and and they will they will go as far as to get to the to the threshold of success, and then nothing, and then they're left to pick up the pieces of, of their lives and move on and mend it, pull it together and find something else to do when you realize that your dream of being um, a star is not going to happen. And it's heartbreaking 
but it happens more than you would, uh, more than you could imagine. Um, there was a young lady that was, uh, that was, uh, trending recently that was shining the light on a lot of things in the music business. And I don't, I do not know her. Um, Jagu- Jaguar Wright. Oh, okay. Uh, but a, we've a, seen a, her a, name. A lot of the things that she said had some validity it's to really, them. Wow. It's really real. And, um, and she tells you know, it like it is. Let me just, for those of you who have not heard of her yet, uh, and a lot of folks have, she really puts yeah. it on out there. But Straight it, no chaser. Yeah, she really. That's all I'm gonna say. So, uh, but 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 it's good to know that there's some credence to it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I would not want to put my. I would not want to release my 14, 15, 16 year old daughter um, into the hands of you know anybody and and not be there. Well, you know, but but can we say that back in the day? We just weren't aware of these things. You know, we just heard of an opportunity and you all, you know, and you would have to think that you're almost, you know, I hate to say, but some of those, you know, the parents, you know, they getting all this money and stuff. They might have had felt that they needed to turn a blind eye or whatever they call it. You know, it's just heartbreaking. Um, The whole thing. It is heartbreaking. And, you know, for years and years and years, that, that kind of thing has gone on. And um, it's, you know, no one has said anything. And not only the parents have turned a blind eye because they might get a check for $50,000, which right. might be way more than they even make in a year. Which, That's right. You know, to $50,000 to someone who has nothing is a lot of money. Um, but yeah. $50,000 to someone who has money is nothing. Right, exactly. exactly. Um, um, and so... You know, so money, you were reluctant, money, you know. I would be reluctant because, you know, I know that, like, a young female artist is really, 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 really tough. And I can't even stress it enough, you know. And I would suggest, you know, never ever to be in a room alone with men if you're by yourself. I would suggest never drinking in public because, you know, you don't know what somebody can slip into your drink. I would I would suggest never smoking in public if that's something that you like to do. Do it in the privacy of your own home, in your own wow. space where you're safe, uh, because uh, people generally in this business are not so nice. Wow. Well, you heard it right from Mr. Tony Terry, recording artist, superstar. Wow. And it's a hard pill to swallow because it's that, a business that, that I love. Uh, it's a business yeah. that I love and still have passion for, um, and you know want to. Uh, you, you know, I've I've been fortunate in that I've been able to continue working, um, but but not for lack of working hard, because I I put in my time, I put in my effort, and and, and it's always about growing and improving and evolving, evolving, and never thinking that I know it all, and mm-hmm. I'm willing to learn. Well, you have the best disposition I've, I've talked to in a long time when it comes to the music business, I have to tell you. Um, Tony, I do want to ask you about one thing um, that I, that entered my mind, and that is the acting part. Now, mm-hmm. how did you kind of make that bridge across from the music uh, over to the acting and then kind of merging the two with maybe the, you know, like Mama I Want to Sing and all that kind of stuff? How did that come about with the acting? 
Well, it well, actually happened in reverse. It started mm. with the acting. I mean, I grew up. Wow. I grew up singing in church, but but you know, I was trained in musical theater, and you know, acting and singing to combine goes together. Right? I did. I didn't know that it was going to. It was going to be the music that would that would catapult me into, you know, the the hearts and minds of people. Um, because again, for me, it was just about having the opportunity to share. I always call it sharing because it's sharing. It's sharing, um, you wow. know, with people, the music, um, the experience. And I just didn't know how it was going to happen. I never really thought about it. I just wanted to be ready for whatever it was. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. But what crosses my mind, see, back in the day, I, I remember – uh, quite often, if you came out as a singer, if that's where you, you kind of blew up from that, then, you know, the, I don't know whether it was the public thing or the executives or whatever, they wanted to only pitch, you know, that's all that you got to do was to, right. you know, to sing. Or you know, if you start as an actor, then that was it, and they knew yeah, you, right. you know, you blew up, that was it. These right. days, you, be a singer if you're an actor. you, you, you be could a not. Right. You could right. not. And right. that, you couldn't be a gospel singer if you were an R&B singer. Exactly. That and, was and, and Aretha Franklin wow. was just kind of like you know she just broke the mold because she, she decided did. that you know I'm a singer. Um, yeah. I grew up in a church. You can't really tell me what I can't sing. <laughs> I don't know how they could ever tell Aretha anything. Aretha right. was Aretha. <laughs> right. She was Miss Aretha. Let me tell you. Um, but I'll tell you, I really and it it, it shocks me because to me. Artists are not usually one-trick pony type folks. Right. You know, a lot of folks who are so creative and so talented, they're talented across the spectrum usually. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, so these days we get to see that a lot more. Yes. Well, you know, I think that that has a lot to do with, one, the whittling down of all of the major industry. You know, yes, there's now probably true. now four major labels. Um, that, right. And, and, right, and uh, pretty much everybody we know has a smartphone and a laptop, and uh, you can get it done in your living room. Everybody can, anybody can be a producer, if you will, uh, or at least they think they can. Uh, right. Not understanding that you know the the most successful ones are studied and they know what they're and it's not by chance. But you know, people decide that they want to pluck away, and then sometimes they come up with some magic. Magic is happening. And we, with the Internet, you have access to the world, just like any major major label. And so it kind of levels the playing field in a whole lot of ways. I remember in the 80s, my manager telling me, um, Tom, it's going to be digital. I'm telling you, it's going to be digital. Really? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'd be like, I, okay, Bob, I, I hear you, man, but you have to keep saying it like that. <laughs> But that's amazing, though. Back in yeah. the 80s, they knew? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, you better you better be ready. Better get on board. Wow. Better get on board early. Wow. So these days, because of that, a lot of, you know, way back when you had to shop, you know, uh, you know, demos and this and that to, you know, every label, you know, from here to L.A., nowadays, like you said, you could basically just kind of put your cell phone out there. Yeah, you, uh, you know, across uh, it's social media. About money. You absolutely can. There have been many people that have succeeded just because they were on Instagram or they just, you know, and their video went viral and, or something. And, and, you know, there are also artists, you know, the world is bigger than the United States. 
And that's what the Internet brings to you. It brings you the entire world. Um, I know of artists that have sold 100 million records, and we've never heard their record one time, not once. That is amazing. Um, in America. But, you know, they're living large, doing well, succeeding, and we know nothing about it. And there, there are lots of stories like that. Wow. You are very inspirational, folks. <laughs> Let me just bring everybody up to speed here. Um, you know, thank you so much for being part of this, Mr. Tony Terry. You guys, we're listening to the one and only Mr. Tony Terry. He is a music superstar, and we are so honored. Now, I want to talk about your current project. I want to hear all about your new single, What's Going On. Tell our listeners. Um, right before COVID started, I signed a new recording deal, and I, it's been actually very stressful <laughs> from that Congratulations, moment. too, well, by the way. Str- thank you, thank you. Um, however, I had, before I signed my record deal, I'm, I'm a recording artist, so I'm always recording. And uh, so I, I recorded this song called Born to Love You, and I just kind of put it in the pile of other things that I've recorded. I'm my own worst critic. So one of my brothers, is, he tells me all the time, he's like, Tone, man, your your worst work is better than a whole lot of people's best work. You got, you got to wow. stop being so hard on yourself. You got to really kind of like loosen up a little bit. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I am a bit of a, I wouldn't say perfectionist, but, you know, I, I, I want it to be right. I want it to feel right. And so I recorded Born to Love You and just kind of put it in the pile. And then I started addressing this new record deal that I had, that had been presented to me. And, and I'm spending a lot of energy getting this record deal worked out, negotiating it. And in the meantime, I had asked one of my, my partners who owns the label if he thought this particular record was a hit. And he called me back within 30 seconds. He's like, man, not only is it a hit, but I got you. I, I, I want to put it out on my label. And wow. so, on a handshake, uh, I, I gave him, I gave him, you know, a small percentage of the publishing, and he went running with it, and uh, and it turned into uh, a hit record for me. And I was over here trying on one side, negotiating to the point of just absolute frustration. And on the other, the other hand, I have a record over here that's taking off and I didn't even realize it was happening because I wasn't wow. paying attention. <laughs> I wasn't that, paying attention. This is, this is unbelievable. That, that, <laughs> and I became born to love you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And, and so it turns out, um, the record deal I walked away from and, um, and born to love you, I started putting all my energy in and, and then to the next situation that we're about to release two singles now with, with the same company, my brother Adrian Meeks at Song Source Music Group. Uh, have a, I have two singles, one called um, Your Love Is All I Need, uh, which is a very powerful ballad, and then another one that's kind of uh, puts you in the mind frame of Marvin Gaye's Inner City Blues, Make You Want to Holler, and it's called, uh, it's called Brighter Day. And it speaks, wow. about, it's, it speaks about, you know, what's happening and 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 the chorus suggests that if if that they would if they would just know your name, then I know that you would release us from these chains. So we talk about you know just recognizing who our source is and where 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 the power of love comes from. And if if we could as a collective do that, then a lot of the problems that we have could kind of 
absolve themselves. That's right. That's right. But folks don't see so clearly as that. I don't think. No. It's, it's an idealist concept. Yes. But a good one. <laughs> but at least but when you plant the seeds, though, you've got to plant the seeds. Exactly. For people to, to, to at least start thinking about it. And some some people don't even understand that you know you know they might hear a song. Have you ever heard a song that you didn't like, and then you hear it so much that you start singing it? Yes. Well, in you the know, old so, days, especially, yeah. 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 And so the seed is planted. Right. And then it starts to take root, and then before you know it, you're some you're in the you're bobbing to that concept that you couldn't stand two weeks ago. That's right. <laughs> or or you hear it years later. And you you love it then, right? Yeah. Usually, <laughs> that well, makes you know, sense. I, I I have situation a, a specific situation that that has happened in 2001. Yeah. I released an album, um, and the single that we had re- we released, which has a weird title called "Freaky Little Game," we could not get arrested with that record. I mean, nobody was even. <laughs> interested in even hearing wow. it and and then i went back to dc years 20 20 years later i mean it's it's it was 2020 now we're talking about 2000 so this was just a couple of years ago when i went back and one and i went to a club and the band was playing my song that is that particular song and i was like <laughs> well how is it that y'all are playing this song and he said Bruh, every band in town plays this song. What? How is that possible? How is that possible that every band in town plays this song? They're like, it, this song is so dope. I couldn't even believe it and I, until I saw it for myself. So when I, I played City Winery in D.C. and I had prepared to, to, to perform the song. And when I did, the place, the whole energy of the building shifted. I was I couldn't understand it. I'm like, but well, when I put this record out back in 2000, y'all weren't interested. What happened? <laughs> what, what happened? Is that not something you see? <laughs> yeah, That's right. it's, it's amazing. Or you listen with new ears later, or just it's just I don't even know if it, you can describe how you know what. That, I don't even I don't. But is. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm loving it. Well, listen, I have to say, first of all, Tony, now, uh, you have just been uh, just doing some huge things. You've always done huge things. You've never fallen, like, in my opinion, fallen off and, you know, just forget all about music and all that. You stayed with it, and you really have, and just you have a legacy. And so this is amazing, and that's, you know, that's very moving, so I just want to thank you on my behalf and, you know, and all the listeners that we have out there just for what you're doing, you know, because we try to get you guys on. We love that you all are still, you know, very much in – you're still relevant. Let me just put it that way because that's the word everybody's using these days. Yeah, relevant. you know, it's about, you know, when you say relevant and, you know, reinventing, uh, along with along with signing the New Deal, I started doing – because soon soon after the COVID thing struck the country – and our, our our calendars were cleared, I started um, needing something to do. And I started singing on my Facebook page. And, I, and initially I was calling it, initially I titled it, Chilling at the House, Just Like Everybody Else. <laughs> and every Tuesday I was saying, Chilling at the House, Just Like Everybody Else. And then it turned into Tony Terry Tuesday. 
And uh, since March, every Tuesday, I go online at 9 o'clock uh, on my fan page and just for an hour. Sometimes it goes two hours, just depending on how I feel. And just music, classics, Tony Terry songs. And it has become this thing that became way bigger than I even ever thought about it being. You know, one one occasion we had 90,000 people watching live. And for wow. me, that was huge. Um, that is huge. That, because when I, when I first started, you know, I would have 100, 150 people, you know, for the first few weeks. And for it to grow into this thing that has, you know, become so important to uh, the people that come in and check me out every Tuesday, it's just been amazing. So it started out as therapy for me and turned into something that was therapeutic for my fans. And they would call me and or send, inbox me and say, you know, I, I lost a relative today and your performance mm. tonight has, you know, pulled me through it. And, you know, I mean, those kinds of things make it bigger than me. So even when I don't even feel like going on, I go on because I know that it's it's bigger than me and it's not about me and that I'm being of service to uh, in the little way that I can. Like the little drummer boy, all he had was his drums. All he had, that's all he had to offer. But what I have is my voice. And if it helps and if it provides just a moment of, a distraction of comfort, then, you know, that's a blessing for me. You are just one of the most grounded individuals I think we've chatted with in a very long time here on this show. I'm just blown away, Tony Terry. I really am. Uh, very, very grounded. Uh, I, I'm taking that you have a great balance uh, with home life and professional world, which is awesome. You know, you have to be just to be so just, I, 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 just the humility, it, it's great. I'm well, just... the, the people that I hang around with do, do not mind checking me. As I oh, they, don't they let mind, you know if you get a big head. <laughs> and and I, as I don't mind checking them. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. It works both ways. And I, I, yeah, it does. And, uh, you know, I've, I've always charged, I've always believed that friendship comes with responsibility. And because of that, I have a small, network of friends that that we we hold each other accountable and we pour into each other otherwise i can't imagine why we would be friends like if 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 we're not if we're not um bringing something of value to each other at, at the end of the at the end of the day if if my interaction with you does not make me better in some way then i'm kind of wasting my time and so therefore i have to put you in the acquaintance pile and the friendship exactly. pile, you know, has to, because friendship is a gift, not only from you, but from the other person that you, you receive it from. It's a gift, and that comes with something. That means something, and a lot of people take it for granted. So, you know, my grounding, I think, comes from, you know, my family. Like, my mom has no problem telling me to take the trash out and bust them subs in the kitchen. No it. problem at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So when you, ha when you have that, you know, you can't. Help with just you can't help but be crowded. <laughs> it, it takes it takes yeah. a lot of energy to um, to keep an ego inflated. And I would I just rather it's easier to just you know be who I really am. Now I want to uh, ask you about some shout outs. I have to, uh, of course, shout out the amazing David Pick Conley for helping to make some connections. Uh, just awesome. From You guys know him, and he's been on our show from Surface. Uh, just uh, now we know that you guys might be doing some things, and I'm not going to ask him just what or anything because it may not be ready yet, or you may not be ready to talk about it. But uh, whenever – Oh, okay. 
Well, are, are you able to give us a little, um, you know, a little bit of some of the details on it just yet, or do you want to come um, back? Well, yeah, well, I mean, a pick asked me if I would sing some of their songs over for a project that he was doing. He wanted, he, he was, he was going to re-record his songs, but, you know, he's a flautist. And yes. he was, he was intending to re-record the songs and he asked me if I would sing the hook. And uh, I did. And when we started laying them down, it just felt like, so I just said, you know, hey, let me, let me take, let me take a pass at the lead. And, and when I did, he was like, you know, we have to, uh, go ahead and record that, right? That's it. Exactly. <laughs> wow. And, and we did. And it turned out to be the beginning of what would be resurface. And, um, that is me singing those great songs well, with pick. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm just honored that he would have me, you know, to, to do them. I'm, I, I just, I'm honored that he is, you know, wants me to do them and they sound great. And so shower me with your love is the first song that we've done. Um, it's uh, finished. And then we're going to do song. only you can make me happy. Uh, yeah. All right. Oh, wow. yeah, I'm really excited about that. And then we're also doing, um, where I'm going to feature pick on my project is I, and I've never been interested in doing this before, um, is to re cut with you. Wow. Um, but I heard this absolutely brilliant production that Pick came up with for a relaunch of the song that made me say I couldn't, I couldn't not, I, I have to do it. I have oh. to do it. You know, I would, you know, I would, I would just as soon leave well enough alone. Uh, there's no need to bother it. But this production says, let's get her done. And so wow. we're going to do that. Well, you heard it right here first on the Hair Radio Morning Show. So I'm <laughs> so honored. I really am. And and is there Thank anyone you. that you would like to shout out to? Well, I mean, you know, just my crew, um, you know, who who, has, who have been loyal and helping uh, keep things together. Uh, we, we've developed uh, some really important things. Uh, we're taping a new show called Conversations with Kings, and uh, which I'm super excited about. And it's it's just a it's not even a show. It's really a peek in um, uh, huh. that allows viewers to see um, men interact with each other in a way that we are not talking about necessarily cars, women, and sports, but life matters, um, matters uh. of the heart. Um, uh, masculine, to- uh, uh, toxic mas- masculinity. I mean, things that really matter that go b- beneath the surface that men generally don't talk about in, in, a, in a, an environment that is uh, conducive for us all to feel comfortable and, and just have real conversations with each other. And we, we, we've already recorded an episode that is so powerful that I cannot wait for the world to see because, you know, we have been conditioned not to That's share right. our feelings. That's right. We've been conditioned not to be emotional beings when we are exactly. as emotional beings as our counterparts, as as our as the women in our lives. But, but you know, we've been we've been conditioned to believe that uh, 
an, an, an expression of Especially emotion. Especially in our community. It makes okay. you soft. Right. And, and we don't understand that it really does take a big man to let the pain show. And it takes oh, an even right. bigger man to let that pain go. That's right. Wow. Yeah. So we're shining the light on that. I'm very proud of it. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be coming very soon, maybe to a network near you. But, you know, we have we have been blessed with the opportunity to be a part of a, a new platform here called CLS TV, which uh, is basically our own network. And, really? Yeah. And, and so which makes us responsible for the content that we supply, um, that we provide. And uh, even that that journey that this venture, which is a new facet of my career, um, is very interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Well, we hope you'll come back and keep us informed right here on the Hair Radio Morning Show. We're loving it. I will, Carrie. Uh, I will, Carrie. Amazing We're... things. We just wish you nothing but big success, big, 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 big success out there to continue on that huge journey that you have uh, started so you know, so so many years ago and just, just done some amazing things and we're really proud and I'm just honored to get an opportunity to have you on my show. So this Thank is, you. It's been my pleasure. It's really been my pleasure. Uh I'm I see I see some food that just came in, so I'm gonna have to cut you off <laughs> right. right here. That's uh, all right. Tony <laughs> Terry, thank chicken you. Chicken. <laughs> I, I hear you. Listen, enjoy Tony Terry, you guys. No couple new singles out there, Born to Love You, Good. look for that. We'll be in touch. Thank and you for gospel songs out too. Uh, we got some gospel music out there too. Check it out. Awesome. All yeah. right, folks. Be well, Carrie. Thank you, man. Thank you. you for likewise. Me. Keep it right here. We've got more of the Hair Radio Morning Show to go. Stay with us. Does that music sound clear? I love it. Yeah, I can. I can hear it. Wait a minute. Let's see what this goes. <laughs> When I'm with you, I hear a song that makes me laugh and smile and sing to you. When I'm with you, I feel so free. I feel that love is gone. When I'm with you, it's for real. What I feel when I'm with you, yeah. 